Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, I'm your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Sunitsu, and today we're here to talk about the results of the two recent Gen Con events, um, as well as the development of the BT9 metagame. Um, before we go over the events and their toppings, um, I just have one note to make. Um, this is actually the third week, but uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, we are available now on all podcasting ne uh, networks. So if you go ahead and you search Wolf Den Digimon, you should see us, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple pl uh, Podcasts, just basically all of them. Um, so if that's something you want to do, go ahead and follow us there. Definitely appreciate it. Um, on so top of... Yeah, on top of the fact that we also uh, live stream this on Twitch, usually around uh, Tuesday nights at like 8 to 9 o'clock, if anyone's interested in catching it live. Uh, and then uh, I also have it up on my YouTube channel. So feel free to uh, pick your pleasure on how you want to enjoy this content. Yep. Yeah, definitely a couple different ways at least to uh, and listen to us at this point. Um, so to start with, we have the... DC one uh, top 16 um, which was an online event on Friday I believe right yeah it was on Friday we unfortunately don't have any of the in-person Gen Con data um, tech has not provided that I don't know if they're eventually going to or not uh, or if that's just something we're going to see on the official Digimon Facebook slash Twitter um, but TAC did at least give us both of their online stuff. Um, so it was the online regional on Sunday, and then it was the um, DC1 on Friday. Yeah, so um, the DC1, the Friday event, uh, top 16 is as follows. Uh, there's We have a lot to cover, so I'm going to try and go a little quick. D-Reaper, Melga X, SecCon, Imperial, uh Melga X, Alphamon, D Reaper, Imperial, Alphamon, Black War Greymon, Alphamon, Grandis, Alphamon, Melga X, Imperial, or Greymon X. Um, pretty decent spread, top 16. Eight different decks in total, um, but uh, the big disclaimer is there was some technical difficulties going into round two, so from round three... Uh, to round eight, it was shifted to best of one. So that does kind of skew some of this data because all of our decks were obviously built for best of three. And in OTK formats, um, some things just need to get lucky, um, which yeah. is both a fun and interesting part, but from a competitive standpoint, it is a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. Given the nature that uh, these players had prepared the deck lists for a best of three, and then came into the event and just happened to be playing best of ones for the most of it. Um, I do think that the spread of the results is fairly indicative of uh, what people brought, what did well, though um, I guess the specific amounts of each is you know questionable as far as whether it would, the best of ones influenced that too, too much. Um, though the people that did manage to get here, um, their deck lists are still sound. So, um, if you wanted to, like, take a look and really, uh, break down any of these deck lists, uh, feel free to, because, um, these were expecting best of threes, so, 
Um, they hadn't, they weren't allowed to make any modifications to their deck list once it was announced. They were only going to be doing best of ones. Right, and the like. My big takeaway from the data that they actually gave us, they gave us a very nice breakdown of the percentage of what each of the decks were played in terms of the quantity. So we know exactly how many Alphamon players, we know exactly how many D-Reaper players, and so on and so forth, along with uh, their highest standings, which we obviously can see for ourselves, um, or like here for ourselves. But uh, the fact that they included this breakdown, this is a first. Like, I haven't seen any other TOs um, do this type of a breakdown before, and I like it. Just gives us more to look at, more to talk about. Yeah, definitely a welcome addition. Um, I know um, people have been asking about before, like, or at least arguing, which, you know, they're valid, at least as far as oh, you can't say that just because these are the top 16 decks, this is the meta, and, like, who cares, like, you know, the, the if you took any random 16 and then looked at it throughout the event, you're going to see different spreads of decks and um, whatnot, but this is the first time we actually have had the full spread of just what was brought, at least. Um, and then we have what actually did well as far as the top 16 deck lists, um, which is something that I definitely applaud. If if every tournament gave us the full breakdown of at least uh, play rate, it would help us better measure success rate as compared to just, like, you know, we never really had a full spread during, like, the later half of BT, or EX2, of um how many blue hybrids exactly are being brought, even though, you know, eight or nine out of the top 16 are blue hybrid, but, like, so it is... That doesn't really say too much if also 50% of the people playing are bringing it, then you would expect roughly 50% of people to top with it. We just never had that data. Yeah, I think this is just a lucky thing that Tech decided to do for us. Um, I don't expect... I, I wish I would expect, um, but I'm, I don't think that the other TOs are going to give us the spread. I wouldn't say never, only because the... The person who assembled both these spreadsheets, uh, Eagle X, um, they they included it. Maybe like all the previous other spreadsheets were assembled by the same person, and maybe they had access to that data or just didn't ask for that data. And now that this other individual is doing these spreadsheets, that they are including data they do have access to. You you have a valid point there. It, um... it literally could have been just choice where I don't care to make a second chart or care to go down the list and count one by one by one um, however many deck lists they had if there was no way to just automate the searching. Yeah. So as far as the DC1 top uh, like deck breakdown, um, Alphamon, out of uh, 492 players... Alphamon was 98 of them, which was roughly about 19, almost 20%. 20% um, and it's, close. yeah. Um, and then D-Reapers was 29 of them, so it was about 5, 6%. Uh, security Control was 25, about 5%. Grandness was 29 at about 5, 6%. Um, Metal Guru Mon X, foreshortened to Melga. Um, so Melga X was uh, 57, so at about 11 to 12%. Uh, 
War Greymon X was at about 6%. Imperial, 42 so about 8-9%. Uh, Bealstar, 32 which is about 6-7%. Magnamon, or Armor Rush, 42, 41 um, and that is about 8.3%. Black War Greymon, 19 so that is about three, four percent. And then there's 88 other decks um, that they didn't categorize. I'm thinking the cutoff was probably like 10 decks um, to like really get a percentage. So there was just a whole bunch of various mishmash um, that was not categorized. Mm. And that was the last like 17, 18 yeah. percent. So it's it's a pretty decent spread of what people brought, at least on Friday. Um, we do have uh, Sunday, which is the regional, um, that you'll see a little bit of a shift. But for the most part, this is kind of what the meta breakdown is. Um, notable differences between Friday and Sunday, uh, potentially due to the fact that it was a best of one. We don't know, again, unfortunately. Um, I will be uh, discluding this from the overall metadata set that I do for each format, only because that best of one really kind of puts a, a big asterisk over the whole data set if I bother to include it at all. And I don't think we'll be really lacking of events to include anyway, especially as um, we do get in data um, from the in-person events, the larger ones at least. So the first event, the Friday event, actually had far more top 16 decks as far as few more archetypes were represented here. As we move to Sunday, uh, it condenses quite a bit. Um, there are only five deck lists, five archetypes represented in the top 16. Um, and it kind of just absorbs um, some of those fringe deck lists don't, don't make it to top 16 in this uh, event. So... And, yeah. Ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it just condenses from 8 to 5. Um, and it, it does kind of make sense because the best of one format it just needs to get lucky sometimes um just because some players also weren't exactly 110 percent aware that it was a best of one playing their first game because they made that announcement a little bit late but that aside um it does make sense logically that in a best of three some of the decks might perform a little bit worse than they would have if it was a best of one so again from the top down starting with number one Alphamon, Melga X, Black War Greymon, Alphamon, Grandis, 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 Imperial, Grandis, Melga X, Melga X, Alphamon, Alphamon, Black War Greymon, Alphamon, Imperial. Um, the full player breakdown. Uh, this one's ordered by like from most to least plentiful. I don't know why the other one wasn't. I could have made a copy of the Excel spreadsheet and done it myself, but we didn't really feel like it. Um, so, player count-wise, uh, 85 play people brought Alphamon, 16.6%. Melga X, 73 people at 14%. Imperial, 46, 9%. 43, Magna, Armor Rush. 42 other, so again, that's that, like, too few to count or too weird to really throw a label at. Um, I mean, people are allowed to bring whatever they want, so <laughs> you never really know what's encompassed in that block. 
35 Grandis, 32 War Greymon, 30 D Reaper, uh, 28 Black War Greymon, 27 Mastamon, 25 BL Star, uh, 24 Setcon, 22 Gallant. So, still a decent number of decks represented here. Um, obviously Around, only like, 13, five, I believe. Only five yeah. represented in the top 16. Um, out of the 13 that were shown in somewhat decent prevalence. Yeah. But that's not... I don't really think that's a terrible thing. Um, no. Especially since some of the decks kind of like way overperformed for their statistical representation. Uh, like the two Black War Greymon decks when only 28 people brought it is kind of wild. I mean... It's a good deck still. Like, that's the magic of what I enjoy about Digimon is, like, the idea that there's still just a lot of very playable decks and it's not just completely and utterly dominated by one alone. That's why I usually, like, think there's always going to be the Boogeyman, which is just uh, the well-known decks or well-known deck that is poised to be probably in the best spot. But even then, it could still get unlucky or the matchup could be unfavorable or there's some spice tech that was added in or discovered that really can put some of the other decks up over the more known decks. Yeah, and um, I think the the floor is a little lower for accessibility this format because if you look at all of the tier 1, tier 1.5, the decks included on the list as far as uh, decks that show up in the top 16 they all have that decently high ceiling of what is the deck doing on its play-by-play -play basis on its best turns. Which is, honestly, if you're looking at a top 16, that's what you have to know, is that most of the time, I mean, I think in an 8-round event, your worst player, your, t your 16th player, is like 7 or like maybe six one and one or something like that you know like they've won most of their matches or at least most of their games if not most of their matches so these people are the ones high rolling consistently and um i think the reason why alphamon is right now seeing the most representation because even if we look back to um otakon we don't necessarily have the widespread metadata, but uh, X Antibody, Alphamon, was still four of the top 16, and he hasn't dropped since then. Even in the best of ones, he's still like uh, three or four of them in there. And in the uh, top 16 um, regional online, uh, he's five of them. So he's right now statistically the most, one of the most played decks, yes, but one of the most consistent and most powerful decks. Yeah. We, we've, we've gone over it uh, before, how just like why Alphamon is perceived as the best deck and what it, what the deck allows it to do that other decks can't. Um, but I guess kind of really looking at more some of the different decks, um, just shifting back to Friday at least initially, um, something that um, was at least a question mark in my mind or in other people's mind or people who hadn't like 
D Reaper is decidedly in the 1.5, um, like grouping now. Whereas I I wasn't sure if it was kind of more of a fluke or, um, it was you know one player just kind of really did well with D Reaper and had like a solid list, and I know Zenitsu kind of mentioned there isn't a whole lot of iteration available with D Reaper because of the list that you have to run to play D Reaper, but just the few options that the few additions that were made from EX2 to BT9 now um, are actually fairly welcome because whereas previously we thought that EX2 was kind of the only format where D Reaper was going to be relevant competitively, um, we were kind of wrong. It, and actually, D, it was less relevant in EX2, and now it is already more relevant in BT9 with the addition of the X antibody option card and Death Exmon. So for those who are unaware, um, X antibody is basically in D Reapers, an option card where for free, you just add a source to your mother. You can't use it for anything, but that doesn't matter because mother is a card that just cares about the amount of sources. So it helps you turbo and accelerate your plays, which is very, very important um, because the format isn't necessarily faster. It's just higher damaging. So you want to make sure that your setup is uh, as good as the opponent's. So that a card alone just helping you accelerate really does a lot of work. And then Death Exmon is just an absolutely bonkers card that um, is adding some of the best control in a deck that previously really didn't have any control at all. So uh, I know a lot of decks now are including Starmons, and Starmons is another pretty good control tool. So they're just not even running any options outside of that X antibody, and they're not even running any tamers because that X antibody option card helps accelerate them so they don't need anything else. And I think like the shift to this type of style uh, definitely makes them more aggressive than they've ever been before to try to uh, chip and race the OTK-based decks. And if uh, the OTK-based decks are taking too long, then Gatekeeper could still just stall them out, and then they just can't even do anything at that point because now they're going to be off of their damage game. They're off of uh, you're on top of your security game, even though your security is usually pretty bad. Um, but those are just some of the factors that go into why D Reapers is doing well now, on top of its consistency. Yeah, um, it definitely comes down to, at least to me, um, the difference being that the X on the X antibody option card moves D Reaper up a theoretical turn, um, because it is it adds a source, and and the whole deck's game plan is to get to seven. Um, get to seven obviously having the reaper in hand um i mean you can't use it um for a reaper but just that acceleration could help you set up your gatekeepers earlier which is insanely important yeah um but all you want to do is just get to a point where you do have that gatekeeper online and then one gatekeeper usually does a deck a decent amount of work to gatekeepers is almost decidedly um, not something that they can deal with. But the it is just that acceleration. Just you know, if you put an X antibody option X antibody option card underneath your mother on turn two or three, now 
your plus one source, your minus one cost, and that could just be something that, oh, I can now play Jerry without passing turn one turn sooner, which gets me one more source. Um, you know, now I have to force them to contest my Jerry by raising potentially earlier than they'd like to, or to play something to deal with it. Um, it's just so that the deck has always had this very narrow window of the, it couldn't kill you very quickly, like super quickly. It's, it's highest best case scenario wasn't as fast as most other decks, but it's slowest it could kill you as far as it like, you know, window of acceptability. You're not hard, hard bricked is not that far off from its fastest either. Like it's a fairly narrow window of, well, I only have four sources, I lose, versus I have seven sources, I win. And I think, like, in the grand scheme of things, it kind of is taking the control slots, in in a sense. Like, everyone was really hyped about uh, the rise of Beelstar and the rise of security control, but here we are in top 16, best of three on the Gen Con online regional, and there's not a single control list on here except for uh, Black War Greymon. And Black War Greymon, I'd argue, is more like tempo or mid-range than control. It has control elements, don't get me wrong. Uh, but that's what makes it like more tempo or mid-range. Um, you're not trying to OTK, you're just trying to stave off and deal some good damage all at the same time. So I, I double-checked because I, I usually assume a lot of interactions once I understand the basis of a deck, but... Um, you can use the X-Antibody option card to play Reaper because it just says trash seven sources from the bottom of a Reaper to play this for zero. Yeah, but the X the X antibody option says it can't be trashed by card effects. Oh, that I guess that's fair. Reaper. I guess that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that, that, that includes Reaper. Or stuff, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's an effort to thrill then. But, um... Because usually you have enough searchers in trash anyway. You don't necessarily need exactly the searchers from underneath your mother. Um, something else that came up too um, in in playtesting recently is nothing says that you can't raise a second mother. It just says that oh, you can't. Oh, you 100% you can. There's just not that many good reasons to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's you very, can. very an edge case. But um, a situation was presented in Zenitsunai's playtesting where had my... Um, had my Jerry whiffed on a searcher for some reason, like fairly unlikely, but had it whiffed, my nest becks my nest becks to turn would have been to raise a second mother to gain an additional um thousand DP for my Starmon. Um effectively turning off the searchers. Uh so yeah, if you have two mothers, it just means that you cannot add searchers. Um via mother's effect but you could still add searchers via jerry's effect and with two mothers out you could still put an extant anybody in the second one and now you have two instances of the ability so like you do have some flexibility but uh most players aren't really looking to do that they're just looking to play the deck a little bit more tried and true uh, but it just goes to show that there's more flexibility in the deck and the tools that it has to be able to make some really wild and uh crazy plays because like not to try to turn the episode all about d reapers but like the blocker creepy hands um isn't a level so it dodges a lot of removal that normally level based removal just would kill it um it, it dodges so... i think all 
almost all instances of relevant removal in this format. Whereas previously it was garbage because who cares about a blocker? Like a blocker wasn't saving you the game, um, but um, especially it being a sourceless Digimon, uh, it would most frequently just get bounced back to your hand. But um, it cannot be de-digivolved. It cannot be uh, bounced via like level-based effects. And it can't be deleted via level-based effects either. So, so the only like real deletion is DP reduction, which yellow is completely absent. Shocker. Yeah, um, yeah yellow is dead now. Rip. Uh, well, it's it's it, it exists in security control, and security control is more multicolored than like hardcore yellow. We don't um, claim them. Uh, but red uh, through uh, DP based deletion and black through um, cost based deletion are the only things that are really tackling and handling it uh, outside of green suspending it and just beating it up anyway. Yeah, green goes through it. Um, but but yeah. it is a deck that uh, the consistency and the tempo does allow it to at least combat the more aggressive OTK based decks. And that's kind of why, like, it sits in an awkward position where it is probably the best control deck that's not actually trying to be a control deck. Eh. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd label it a control deck because it's it controls via passive like unrelated static auras. Like like minus gatekeeper, it's not a control deck. So well, Death X is insane. Like, if they're just sitting on a field of tamers and like yeah. one or two Digimon, you're 100 percent Death Xing that, that turn. Makes, like, but like a because, lot of decks run Death X, man. Uh, none of these top decks run Death X. The non OTK ones. Uh, I don't even think the Black or Greymon lists are running Death X. Uh, okay, so like, he's still no. Nope. It's still none of the top 16 decks for the Gen Con Online Regional are running Death X. It's because the War Gray, the War Graymon and the Black War Graymon, I would argue, are still they're not OTK decks. They're OTK aligned, and as we've seen, the Black base control base, I guess, if you really want to call it that, of Black War Graymon is not the one doing well. The one that I didn't think would do well, um, I guess rightfully so. But the Red base, I was completely, um, I hadn't seen, I hadn't tried, and um, you know, just the inherent sec one of the starter Greymon, the plus one for, I think, one cost or zero cost from Metal Greymon X, um, along with Gaumon himself having sec plus one and reboot. Like, there is an OTK shell here. It can OTK. It just doesn't have to as often, especially when... Now, see, this one doesn't even run it. Now... Um, does the other list run the X antibody option card? No. No. Okay. You you really don't need the X antibody option card um for Black War Greymon, and I was in the perception that the Black Control base would be doing better, but the reason why that a lot of these decks are shifting more towards red, um, is because you still have the same level of con uh not control um you still have the same level of searching, um off of your cards so the agumon still search um but it is the built-in protection that the x antibody graymon offers that the black side is completely yeah. absent yep. so it's harder to get rid of your digimon 
uh, especially since it's harder to tack into it because they both have like pseudo reboot or will usually remain in an unsuspended state. Um, on top of the fact that now you just can't utilize certain removal type of abilities to get rid of it makes it a very annoying card. Well, I mean, that's that's all very valid and very true. I think more relevant though is that because you're utilizing the full suite of X antibody uh, Greymon, Digimon, the Yagumon line, um, you also then get access to Cool Boy. Which yeah. is just the best, you know, the best I think instance of to... memory gaining. Yeah, I think they're not really trying to use Cool Boy because they don't feel like they need to. Because, like, Nokia technically reduces the cost, so it's like this, it's similar to gaining the memory, even though there is actually ways to out Nokia. That's, they're not, no one's playing them right now. Um, and they're still using memory boost. So like once they sit on their level six, like usually that's kind of their, their solid position. Like they feel very comfortable and confident. So like cool boy really isn't doing anything extra, um, versus Nokia where it's just like, okay, I hard play. Um, and now I get to play an Agumon now that Agumon searches and now I can start doing things like it's, it's a little bit more proactive in terms of like having a little bit better of a setup for more powerful turns later. Not saying Cool Boy isn't good. He's insanely good. Um, it's just they're, they don't feel like they need it. It's not as necessary, but it's still used in both lists. Um, uh, Nokia is not X anybody. Or not Cool Boy. What do you look at? I'm looking at... I um, Am I looking at only two of the three lists then? Um, The... Uh, oh, I'm looking at um, the online list. Oh. The, yeah, uh, the regional lists. Okay. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, like, it's it's just a tech choice if you want to run Cool Boys, or if you don't, like, because you're running the um, uh, Agu X antibody line, like, you can, and that kind of helps customize the deck and gives it uh, lots of different, like, breathing room to figure out uh, what you want to gain out of the deck. So, I guess the third the third list that really kind of stood out to me um, was just the incredible rise of success for Grandis on Sunday. I don't really know what the hell went right for them on that day, but... Uh, uh, they just high-rolled. I mean, yeah, but... Like, like even... I don't want to say Grandis. Like, Grandis is a good deck. It's just, uh, if I were to, like, grade it in terms of uh, damage output and speed, it's probably the highest, but it has the worst searches and the worst setups compared to all of the other decks. So they, you do kind of have to navigate your play lines a little bit differently than the others because your tech and tools to get to your OTK is just significantly worse. So maybe these players were just better at navigating how to get there, or maybe they just high-rolled. Um, I'm not entirely 100% sure myself, um, but that's kind of just where my mind goes based on looking at all the lists and Grandis's overall performance. Um, so it seems as though they're fairly divided. Um, I'm not super opinionated on grandest lists i i don't really 
cared as much about them, I guess. Like I'm not I'm not nearly as familiar, but um they're they're literally split down the middle as far as the four lists that topped on Sunday. Two of them are running a red package and two of them are not. So they're I think fairly the red evenly package... divided as far as whether they value hero and delicate or at least value delicate plan enough to run hero. Like the deck because it doesn't have as great of search tools, it it's not like it's actually actively harming the deck by including it, is kind of where my mindset goes, where it's just like, okay, if I can't search any of my tamers, if this is a Mimi, cool, I'm in a good position. If this is a hero, also cool, I'm in a good position. If I see the um uh the option, um, a delicate plan, I'm even better. Uh if I don't see it. I still can probably kill you if my security or if your security is just bad enough. So like it's it's in that position where it doesn't care, but uh I do kinda I do kinda like the inclusion of it personally. Just because the safety net is there, but like you're not gonna get to it most of the time anyway. So honestly, I guess like it's something, unfortunately, that as soon as you, you make a decision one way or another, like, you're just going to see the other result of it. But BLSTAR and security control are actually fairly low play rates. Like, they're not really seeing people playing it nearly as much as basically every other deck. Um, for Sunday, since they are in order of play rate, uh, they're the second and third least represented official archetype that isn't included in the other category. So you're basically just as likely as you are to see a BL star and a security control as you are like a gallant. Um but they're just they're way down there. So if BL star and security control aren't relevant enough for you to run the red package, I think I think it at least gives the deck slightly more room because that was always Grandis's weakness in my mind was that it was the OTK that was most susceptible to dying to things in security. And that's why, obviously, they then ran Delicate Plan. Yeah, that and um, Melga are two of the, uh, like, in, in my eyes, the, the squishiest when it comes to running into options. They don't have as many um, backup plans in terms of like ways to be able to beat out those options in security, um, which is why Melga X could also run it. But none of the Melga X decks were running the red package. So I think like that was a really good meta call on all of those lists because they just they they thought about it. They were like, look, we have the draw. We have the consistency. We have the tamers to be able to utilize it even more effectively and efficiently than um, Grandis. But they decided not to because they just didn't need to. Um, Yeah, that's fair. I also don't think it's as good in uh, Melga. Not necessarily because it doesn't... It can't utilize it to the same extent because I know you would just run the, the blue-red tamer and then, you know, one or two I mean, copies even just hero, yeah... Even just hero is still good just because you want that extra DP on your um, wares. But again, it's just not needed because he has pseudo um, pseudo jamming. So 
Every time you digivolve, he's technically getting stronger. So, um, I think, I think we really will see maybe a, a step away from it. I think while they are like, because even one of the the players that topped only ran one and one or two and one. Um, no, it was one and one exactly. Yeah, like they were like, hey, if I see it, cool. If I don't, I don't care because. I'm just gonna do my thing anyway. I'm not gonna sac. I'm not gonna jeopardize my deck's consistency and my deck's ratios for this small package of um, guaranteed safety. And especially with all of the control decks being in low representation, which is odd because, like, I would think they would have a higher representation considering the fact that we all know what all of these top decks are doing, which is basically just beating each other in the face for a lot of damage all at once. Which, also, thinking about now, might actually be to the detriment of those uh, control decks, because if they don't have fast enough recovery, or if their security just isn't good enough, then they could just low-roll their way out of an event. Hmm. I, I could probably speak to that a little bit later. Um, I only have one... Like, I guess it's more of a... Um honorable mention like this it was a it was one list um represented in the event um and it was the 16th place from friday's uh the war Greymon x uh something that i didn't expect at all just you know going through the right the deck list clicking to making see if there's anything weird then i saw something weird it's actually red yellow what war Greymon. um and so the they run both rise I guess not both rises. They run four red rise, the super, and then four rise gray X as their level fives, and then their level six is the yellow War Greymon from BT4, and then War Greymon X digivolving over the yellow one, ignoring its cost or uh, color requirements because you know X and it is a War Greymon. Yeah, it, so, is, it is a War Greymon by name. That's the only thing it cares about, and something that. I, I'd seen people do cute things with yellow-red decks in the past, most notably being like the right the two rises, and then now and then the yellow war Greymon. But um, this is the first time I've seen it do any like level of success because this is obviously a top 16 uh, in event, and it's just I really very um, creative. Honestly, I'm really glad that this player did well. Uh, I've seen it in Japan a couple of times. It does things differently than just using the BT1 um, Wargreymon. Like, you technically have more damage because you get the multi-attack off with the um, Greymon mm -hmm. uh, as an inheritable, so you could swing for four checks, like, super easy. And then um, on the second check, you could actually gain memory um, with the... Um, X antibody option allowing you to digivolve into your um, War Great X. So it's it's a it's definitely an interesting deck. Uh, it's also one of the things that uh, oddly enough War Greymon has struggled with is blockers. So if they just have some decent low end blockers, like in the D Reaper matchup as an example, if they just have a creepy hands like you kind of don't really have a good way in this deck to be able to out it, and that card actually outs a lot of the uh, mid-to-low-end blockers. 
because if you pair that up with the um, Rise Greymons, um, you could DP reduce to be able to get rid of the blockers as well that way, uh, versus just gaining an extra security attack. So, just again trying to understand interactions. Uh, if I'm reading everything correctly, you could, you can did you can warp during the first swing using the effect of the yellow war Greymon and then still digivolving. So you'd gain um, the full memory from both swings with the X antibody. Yes. So you would trigger, uh, the way it would work is you would trigger the when attacking ability of Wargray uh, first to unsuspend, uh, draw from your security, and then DP reduction. Mm -hmm. Then on the uh, on attack secondary trigger, you would activate X antibody to go up into your um, Wargray X before. Other, yeah, your Wargray X before the damage. Yeah, so you'd, you'd get the full, um, you know, minimum of four checks probably or for for security two twice um gaining you that memory back the deck i was gonna say it doesn't run any hybrids but it i guess it doesn't need to because um no so the idea is uh they're running omnimon x antibody yeah so if you um like this the really silly thing is uh, the X antibody option. It's inheritable to allow you to digivolve on attack is not once per turn. Yep. So every swing you could still digivolve. So if you gain that four memory, you could digivolve into Blitz Omni, swing with Blitz Omni on attack of Blitz Omni, use X antibody to then end up dealing the damage as Omnimon X antibody, and now you have an Omnimon X antibody. That also has the protection from the um, Greymon X and A body line. Yep. So it's it's just a very solid combo play. Yeah. Um, it really does just kind of set you up for success because you could end the turn. They'll have zero security if you haven't won the game already, and then you pass over with a suspended Omnimon X antibody. Just kind of like which will nullify the opponent's attacks or if they try to get rid of it then they'll have a harder time doing so unless so you do evolve it <laughs> i mean again alpha mon alpha mon yeah alpha mon's so good but um, i digress so yeah that's i can definitely see why that list worked and why it topped um though so cuz i know you mentioned it um it's something I, I've been thinking about and something I kind of wanted to talk about, at least maybe more of like a broader discussion, because um, I know I have and um, I know many others who I speak with and I kind of uh, playtest with have struggled to find the answer to the OK OTK format from a control player's perspective. And I think what the results are saying are kind of similar to the conclusions that I have been faced with roughly um, is that you just, the, the game doesn't really let us, control has just taken a backseat um, only because how do you control a deck that only cares to swing once, like or only cares to swing on the turn in which it wins the game and has protections from Basically everything it would ever want to have protection from 
just depending upon which specific protections it has. So, like, if you think about your worst-case scenario matchup, it being Alphamon, they have... They cannot be DP reduced. They cannot be deleted. There goes most of your... That's like 80% of your removal effects already as a control player. And then if they play Congo, it turns off another 20% or another 10%. And then if they play uh, Breath of the Gods, it turns off another 10%. Now, usually, obviously, they can't play both. I actually did play up against a player who had enough memory to play both in the same turn uh, this last weekend at my store champ. But... That being said, like, even they usually only need one, especially once they know what they're playing against, because you can't run every different form of removal um, in your deck. So, just the, the rules of the game and the state of the game just kind of doesn't allow control players to play control at the moment. Especially since Jet Selfie was limited to one, because the um in japan yellow hybrids was doing well it's still technically doing well while it's not uh limited in japan just yet uh they'll get it when the japanese announcement for uh their end of it um when that gets announced yeah uh, but like it's it just goes to show that the amount of recovery that jet selfie had really helped out control decks um and it kind of did cannibalize yellow uh, but, like, it goes to show that, like, yellow without it isn't necessarily super strong to begin with. Uh, because if you think about it, a lot of these decks, there's an OCK deck in almost every single color but purple and yellow. Purple, you can make the argument, okay, there's Titamon OTK, but like, is Titamon OTK really that much better than, like, a mid-tier OTK deck um, that's not as good as the X-Antibody OTKs? Probably not, but, like... The fact that they still have one is something. Yellow just really doesn't have any kind of like big like OTK uh, to really push the damage on, and that's kind of been their big problem. So they just relied so heavily on uh, the control aspect and the recovery aspect to be able to chip the opponent out to death because they don't have that big damage. Well, um, your while your statement's fairly true, I feel like your um your reasoning's a little misplaced because. I would say that while I don't necessarily disagree with Jet Silfy's restriction, I don't think Jet Silfy being unrestricted just suddenly makes it a top-tier meta threat in BT9. Because, again, um, like, like just running, running through the same scenarios that I ran through with every other list, okay, I am Yellow Hybrid, I have, four, I have access to four copies of Jet Silfy Mon. Okay, I have Sunrise Buster now, that's pretty cool. Um, I DP minus what? There's nothing there. They're in raising. I kill nothing for five and play a tamer. Well, well, that's why they played the BT five Sakuyamon is because they just go up the line for uh, very little. They recover one, so now they're at six. So any deck that's designed to do at least like bare bare minimum four damage or exactly five just now doesn't kill you, and uh, it punishes a whole bunch of raising plays where it's just like you move your dude out. And now you can't use him to OTK me anyway because the security attack minus. Uh, just because it's it's free unrestricted recovery, cheap evolution all the way up to your mega. I I mean I also ran Sekuyamon, but um, that that's what I mean. It's not enough. Like it it doesn't hard wall them. 
the way that it sounds like it does, because while they are then susceptible to security on following turns, um, that's again assuming they don't play Breath of the Gods or Congo or a combination of them, and in Alphamon raising to kill your Sakuyamon, having blocker retail unsuspended, and then passing turn just doesn't give you the flexibility to still get rid of it. So, um... That, that's fair. Like, because I, 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 there was actually... I, I did play Yellow Hybrids at my store champ, and I was met with that exact situation just, you know, with my one copy of Jet Sylphimon instead of my four copies of Jet Sylphimon, and they raise, they kill the Sakuyamon, and then they pass turn with either a um, Congo or a... Um, Congo preventing me from swinging step at one, like, as a hybrid, I can't attack anymore. Um, or as uh, Breath of the Gods, I can't DP minus it even on... So it can't be DP minus or destroyed until the start of their next turn, and then they just play Breath of the Gods and swing anyway, because most of my removal is DP reduction-based. But um, So it is really that, like that narrow flexibility that Alphamon offers that it just beats control up because there's really like not a lot they can do. And that's, that's only talking about one matchup. Like obviously some of the other ones are a little better. Grandis running, um, delicate plan though, just does kind of do whatever it wants to do. Melga X can usually it, it's probably the best matchup for yellow hybrid slash security control bl star control like but at the same time it's the speed um i mean something i remember making a mental note of from our play testing uh to bring up in like the like what where has control gone discussion um i was playing d reaper and you comboed me and you didn't exactly kill me but you basically brought me down to zero security. Uh, that was my third turn. The start of my third turn. You ended your third turn. And then my third turn began. I had two sources underneath my my mother. I was like, well, yep, that exists. I, I, I can't do anything to that. <laughs> like, I, it, I mean, is, it is my third turn, rolling. and I've already lost. I mean, that's the high rolliness nature of OTK decks. Like... I took D Reapers to my store championship. Um, actually, the ironic thing is, looking at the field of uh, the store championship I uh, attended, um, D Reapers nobody was on, and it was actually positioned compared to all of the other decks to be like in one of the better spots to take it. But uh, I got high rolled um, with Grandis turn three. Same same type of deal. He broke all my security. Um, on one game and then the other game he actually was able to fully kill me by turn three and like i'm sitting there and i'm like there was zero misplays i could have done to prevent that there was nothing i i had access to to stop him from out of raising killing me on turn three um and i'm not even a control player and i'm just sitting here i'm like wow how do i analyze and break down my plays to learn to be a better player if there's actually nothing to analyze and break down because they just wamboed me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just given the state of um, the the meta right now and the state of how people are playing, what people are playing, 
there there's no room for control because even if you are someone who like just wants to place um control in any aspect any form and you're willing to play security control um it it doesn't matter because security control also loses to these otk decks and also loses to these these decks that just do whatever they want and it's really just that the lack of interaction that we've like blamed hybrids for in the past but now we've we've just seen it's the same situation you know just you know slightly skewed differently because um yeah just the entire idea of a breeding phase that lasts until you're level five or level four um level four is not really so much a problem but for alpha they just get a bunch of memory so they they don't have to raise as early as other decks do or as late no, as other and the decks fact do. that and the fact that they search off of their tamers and uh their tamers just make and extend some of their plays is like part of the reason why alphamon is the number one represented deck um and we could say that almost definitively now uh just because we have the data from two completely different very large events um and he is in the number one spot for both of those events. He is the majority of top 16 in all of the events that he's in, um, which is why I label him as the boogeyman deck. Because if you're designed, like if you're going into an event, this data is really like good to look at because it could give you a good estimation of what the field is going to be. And if at least 20% of the field is going to be alpha mons, then you need to prepare for that alpha mon matchup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could even look at it like, so if you take, um, just because these ones are in order, it makes it a little easier. If you take your top three matchups, you practice your top three, your Alpha, your Melga X, and your Imperial. Again, I still expect a shift there. I expect Magna Magnamon to do better um, eventually. Um, I think it's just because Imperial is still super accessible because the majority of the deck is a starter deck. 16.6... Plus fourteen point two. Are you just adding both of them? Because Imperial on Fridays didn't even show up at all. No, I'm adding. I'm oh adding no, the top it three. was it was no, it was there. Uh, it was so uh, Magna. If or no, you, Magna was still there. If you account for um, the top three lists, that's almost exactly forty percent, like thirty nine point nine eight percent of the meta. Um, so. You can plan for 40% of the meta if you plan for the top three deck lists, if you practice those matchups. And then I would add, um, just to, to get slightly better representation, also practice the mirror because it is one of the more skill-expressive matchups to be had. Not necessarily in an OTK versus OTK format, but there's still expression of skill in every card game. So if you practice well, just those three matchups and then the mirror... Or move down one if you are playing Alpha Mon and just practice the mirror more. And don't don't get us wrong. Like yes, um, these types of decks do reduce the amount of interaction you have, but they're still like subtle. Like Neko was saying, subtle skill nuances where those small like micro level decisions could make or break certain matchups and you uh, and certain lines of play, and you might not even realize that. So like whether you hard play a searcher or hard play a uh, memory boost, those are 
like they're effectively trying to do the same thing, but the end result is completely different on the spectrum, especially when you're playing it and what you're looking for uh, and various other things. So, um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know which direction I'm going to go with. As I mentioned, I'm kind of, I've been playing around with D Reaper a little bit. Not really a control deck, kind of a control deck. Um, control-esque. Um, I I mean, if you get to a certain point in stage in the game, like you, D-Reapers... Just th- win, This yeah. is the magic of D-Reapers, they just win. They have inevitability. <laughs> My favorite yes. thing. Um, which is, I guess, that is a control element of, like, winning if the, the matchup goes long enough. That's always been a aggro versus control thing of, like, who's... If, if it's turn three and they haven't won yet, then the D-Reaper player is probably in a better position, you know? But I would wholeheartedly agree. Um, I'm also looking into War Gray X, um, or I'm sorry, Black War Greymon using like the red base, just because it was it was off my radar. Genuinely, I everyone I played with and everyone I played against, um, they were running black bases with the like tamer removal. Um, I I myself was running it as a means of, well, I can't kill anyone's Digimon because they're all in raising. What, how do I interact with my opponent? How do I, beyond just trying to kill them before they raise and kill me, um, and the red-black line actually does have a decent bit of, maybe not um, actual, like, matchup, um, like, rate win ratio, but it annoys the hell out of Alphamon because all they're doing is setting up a bunch of tamers that search and memory boost that search, and you could basically get to a point where you're killing a tamer or two a turn. Which is funny. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I think uh, Black War Greymon was pretty slept on deck. And uh, it just took a little bit of experimentation and testing to figure out which base was the best. And we now can say that the red base is the best. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, And it's, it's basically occupying that same position that... Um... So you you kind of have your like your tier one, so to speak, of your alpha, melga, imperial, and magna, um, and then your like tier two of definitely things you should prepare to play, expect to play, um, and that do show up to toppings, of grandis, war graymon, x, d reaper, and black war graymon, like so. I know you mentioned it like mastamon's been kind of off. This is also kind of a control deck, but. It just still isn't seeing results. Um, I think that attributes to like how OTK base decks kind of work, and this is like I've I've been trying to do lots of like critical breakdowns on like what's making these decks actually tick, and the X antibody option card is what's making the majority of them tick. Um, or just literally the ability to gain memory when digivolving is what's making a lot of these decks tick. So the idea of like, I don't actually need to waste time setting up my tamers or setting anything up is what is driving a lot of these OTK based decks to be successful because they they literally operate off of nothing. They build up to a level four or five in their raising, move out, combo off, gain memory when digivolving, and they're able to extend their place from there. If you give them anything more, then they're even better 
in they're even in a better position to do well um because i was playing uh imperial and i noticed i needed literally my davis on the field to be able to go to three memory to be able to hard play my sting to do imperial things if they if i didn't have a way to go to three memory i'm never doing that line of play and i noticed i was raising and digivolving in raising into my pile more than actually trying to dna and get the aggression off and i just because i couldn't they wouldn't let me and that was something uh i couldn't figure out how to navigate if i didn't have a tamer early on and the later the game goes the harder it is to set up a tamer just because now you're taking a whole turn off just to be able to set up your future turns well what if you don't have a future turn because they can combo you from turn like three forward or three backward three onward there Mm -hmm. we go um so that was just something i was struggling with trying to like understand was just the memory efficiency of these otk based decks and mastimon is a deck where it kind of struggles in that similar way but it has at least a little bit of an easier out where if you just have a gatomon you can at least digivolve for one and be able to dna but that rely that relies on you having that gatomon um, which is the same kind of uh, reliance on Imperial with its tamers. I'd argue that it's worse because your worst hand isn't as bad as their worst hand. Oh, like, it's it's worse. I'm I'm not saying it's not. yeah. Um, which is why it's and their not doing best hand well. and their best hand isn't nearly as good as your best hand either because no, Mastimon just moves too slow for the format. It it's a very good steamroll deck, but if there's nothing to steamroll. And your security is like winning you the game, then Gatomon you know, being it's... five just outclassed in in BT nine straight up. Gatomon, if Gatomon costs three, it maybe be a deck to to worry about. Well, it costs three for raising, but like then again, that's forcing you to but play the way the deck doesn't Ex- exactly. It's it's forcing you to play to not the deck's strengths, but some of the deck's weaknesses. Or if they could play any of like the X antibody line, which they they didn't really get. There is like a Gatamon X antibody, I'm pretty sure, but it's bad. It's not good. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, like I mean, but that's just looking at like where yellow went. Like, look at look at the actual like yellow section of like BT9. It's awful. It's all so bad. Like honestly, I mean, the yeah. best yellow card they got this format is Magnamon X. Magnamon X and Rise Greymon X antibody. Yeah, like, uh, I'd make the argument best option is Sunrise Buster, but yeah. still, it doesn't matter. Doesn't Sunrise Buster doesn't do anything, um, in this format and in the future, if Yellow Hybrids doesn't exist. Uh. In BT10, not to get too far ahead, in BT10, Crossarts uses it, but I digress. Oh, Crossarts uses it. Okay, there we go. Um, but still, like, I love Rise Great X, like, and um, it just how you can't control a deck that dodges, like, all forms of removal and hides and raising while still doing efficient things, like, um anyone that remembers bt5 knows that like uh lord nightmon was to like control ish decks that um you know you would raise your light lord nightmon and do something crazy and then they would raise their lord nightmon and then swing over your lord nightmon and um stuff like that but 
It what was if, the game of chicken. But what if when they raise their Lord Nightmon, they win the game? What do you do then? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely And it can't be DP tough... reduced and is 17k and is unsuspended and has blocker retaliation and can't be deleted by card effects. <laughs> I... <laughs> like, come on. Don't, don't, you, you didn't hear this from me. Word on the grapevine is part of the Japanese ban and restrictions is going to be Dextor Gora. Or not Dextor Gora. Dextor um, Gray. Gray. Yeah. So I mean, that way, like, it's not killing off the deck, but it's significantly yeah. making its damage output a lot worse and it's taking off a lot of forms of protection. Uh, I think would... they're going to limit that card to one the same way they've limited a lot of cards and to savior? one. Uh, yeah, if they limit Dext. I mean, that'd be really shitty, though, because. There's a lot of decks that get hit in the aftermath, like my um, my decks Dorugoramon deck. Yes, um, it it is not a it, it's a very tough call. Like that's just word on the grapevine. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, I don't know one hundred percent what they're actually going to do. I kind of wish I did. Uh, but I I'm having a hard time figuring out what I they mean, uh could do. So, um. Not necessarily the speculation is the name of our game, but at the same time, like, so if I were to hurt it, if I were to hit the deck without actually hitting the deck, um, Alphamon? Well, Rare Alphamon would be potentially a place if you make them not use Rare Alpha. Um, like, see, like, I they're not going to ban it It takes away the D-Digivolve. Like, it takes away, like, hitting the Rare Alpha takes away the D-Digivolve, and it takes away, um trying to bring Oryu out of the grave, so it forces them to do different lines of play and rely yeah, on different they cards. they don't get as much value, so, because, basically, it, they only need to do it once, but um, that's the part of the flexibility of the Alpha OTK, is that they only need one of the dexes, either blocker, retail, or destroy a level 4 or lower. It doesn't matter which one they have. Preferably Dex Doru, because it's the better X-Antibody, yeah, it's uh, actually free, netting you memory when you digivolve, setting up your trash, um, and gaining. I think, yeah, it's, it gains you memory and gaining blocker and retail versus killing a dude. Um, yes. that may or may not exist. But it makes those plays worse if you're throwing away cards that you probably don't need, but given the nature of the deck. But also, it like it doesn't help you. Whereas right now, it's only helping that first time because you're always tossing Oryu to get digivolved or to get tucked from the trash later on yeah um, but uh getting too far ahead like because bt10 uh and by extension ex3 um i unfamiliar with 100 percent of how that format plays especially in japan so they're they're definitely going to be hitting some cards uh that we either have yet to seen or are playing with uh, because of how their meta is that's just the the result of it um well so i guess but we might not get those like hits right away like we might get them uh initiated for us when rbt9 or ex3 comes out as an example like they they can put a delay on it like they have in the past um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do and if anything they do does shake up what the rest of our BT9 does, because it is supposed to come out in like the middle of August, um, which we're almost hitting that time. Yeah. 
I'm just I'm trying to find it because I know that it was posted to Reddit. Like there was like a BT10 wrap up. Um, I don't know exactly how the hell our BT10 is gonna look. Only because it was largely dominated by Yellow Hybrid again, which is also why they restricted it because they knew. It's going to be good now, and it's going to be good in the future, and if we ever want anyone to play any yellow deck that isn't yellow hybrid, we have to touch Jet Sylvie. Um, uh, the sad thing is it's still good in, even in EX3. Uh, I mean... Yeah, but... Um, I mean, but EX3, like, EX sets are kind of interesting because they do their own thing. Uh, but, like, the accessibility of this format is also kind of, like, a really interesting thing compared to EX sets, because EX sets are supposed to do their own thing, um, where most of the time normal sets are kind of, like, additive. Mm. So, there's no second picture, but um no there was there was two of them one was like the uh, a medium breakdown and one was a slightly better breakdown but um it looks like with with yellow hybrids effectively killed blue flare just kind of comes back blue flare is just blue hybrids 2.0 yep um and then alphamon blue flare yeah alphamon stays that's for sure I think a lot of the OTK decks, like, they kind of stay just because, like, how good they are does give them legs. Yeah, they don't like, really... It's it's something that I know we do talk about, like, greater movements sometimes, but um, unlike Lord Nightmon, unlike War Greymon from BT4, unlike Gabu Bond, unlike blue hybrids i guess not necessarily unlike blue hybrids because blue hybrids had to be restricted it's gonna stay yeah blue hybrids had to be restricted um yes so more like blue hybrids i guess where this the this the like that there's a little bit of power creep obviously like there's a little bit of decks getting a little better but it's not super substantial and to the point where any tier one deck would be at worst tier two um in bt you know one one set in the future or two sets in the future if you're counting exs um and that's something that i think we will continue to see unless they really blow the lid open with like bt11 or something because bt10 really didn't too much it kind of it almost did like an ex thing where it introduced like two really good decks and then didn't touch anything else I mean, like, you had a little bit of success with some other things, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, based on the data that um, was given to us on the Digimon Discord, like the main 2020 Digimon Discord, they're the ones who were compiling the data for the Japanese side for us to look at. Um, yeah, um, it really wasn't that ground-shaking outside of Blue Flare and um, uh, Cross Hearts. And... Um... I think that more has to say with a how good OTK decks period are like how good of they are at finding their pieces executing their game plan and how little you have to interact with them but also I think it speaks to the design of BT8 but more so BT9 and how so many archetypes were introduced with BT9 
or at least supported via BT9. We have Gallant X, we have Wargrey X, we have Melga X, we have Armor Rush, including Magna X, we have Black X Antibody with Alphamon, we have Black Purple Dexdorogoromon, we have all decks enabled by a single set, whereas um, looking at like competitive viability in BT10, there isn't. Um, it's Cross Hearts and Blue Flare. Yeah, it's kind of uh, Dark Nightmon Dark saw Nightmon some mild too, yeah. success. Uh, Bloom Lordmon also saw some mild success. Sakuyamon gets its other half in that set. So like, there's still stuff going on. It's just big picture wise. It's all Blue Flare and it's all Cross Hearts. So um, like, even the best green deck in BT um, nine is still Grandis. Like Bloom Lordmon is good. Don't get me wrong. It's just again. Grandis just kills people. Mm-hmm. Bloom Lord Mon doesn't. Um, I know we've kind of strayed away a little bit from the initial topic, but I thought it mostly being relevant and why I didn't really back us off initially, only because uh, whenever we do get the announcement, if not next week, then the following week, we will hopefully some you guys have some basis of if you don't keep up with Japanese data like the way we do. Uh, we're trying to give you some level of base understanding um, because, you know, maybe you come back and be like, well, yeah, X anybody's winning now, but it was never as strong as Blue Hybrids was in, in BT7. Why is it getting restricted the same thing it gets introduced? Well, here's why. <laughs> because it's still good two sets in the future, and that's exactly why they killed Jessmon. It's exactly why they killed Yellow Hybrid and Blue Hybrid. Right now, I feel like the, the strongest basis we have for predicting decks to be restricted or cards to be hit as a result of decks being good is because they have too strong of a meta relevance for too long. And maybe that's because they made some mistakes with certain things, like Jet Selfie costing one and recovering one, um, or with Tommy trashing three sources from security as well as strip like stripping and then stunning on attacking. Um, consecutively and repetitively yeah it's not like, necessarily like pure greed don't don't get us yeah wrong. we don't think this is out of greed it is no, it's just... just cards printed outside the, the natural bell curve of acceptability that causes things to warp around them it, yes and honestly the level of it like feedback we're getting i know i think zanitsu mentioned it a, a little while ago when we were talking about it but it seems as though, based on the only data we have, which is all that we've ever had, is looks like we're getting maybe two restrictions a year, which is honestly fantastic. If they maintain this, if they, for whatever reason, at least somebody somewhere cares enough to look at the state of the metagame every roughly six months and then make an assessment on the next six months on does something need to get restricted? And, you know, as of English right now... um. That's just Jet Selfie and Tommy. But I think the fact that they announced a further announcement, I I think they're going to restrict something that they haven't restricted that isn't in North America, or they at least wanted to give us some time to play with. So it could be like a BT9 card. I don't think they're going to do anything older at this point. I think they would have already done it. But I... I personally don't think like anything older really needs to be restricted. Well, like Doru Greymon. a lot of the cards, what Doru Greymon is, you know, but you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, yeah, but that's, it, that's, 
it's it's either hit that or it's hit rare alpha and so far they haven't hit anything that's sr or secret um that's so true. that's also an interesting trend um and so far every color but black has also gotten at least one card hit um blue and yellow has gotten the most hit but that's because they were already inherently the most overtuned colors um during their respective times that they were uh doing well yeah it because like I said, it'd be hard for you to restrict a, to restrict something that doesn't hit because there's the overlap of the dexes, there's the overlap of the Doru's. Um, so it would have to be like rare alpha, or or a Yuman himself. But again, there now that's kind of breaking the rule of they haven't hit an SR yet, or um or Ryuken himself, which is again that would that would valve. Uh, change a couple things if they got hit but um yeah but whatever it's gonna be it's gonna be based off of japanese results the yep. majority of what they've been uh hitting was based off of japanese feedback i think tommy was the only one that was like actually more uh english feedback mm. just because that card was uh to boil down the summary of why that card was hit it was unfun it was just too pushed and unfun and i think that is still a perfectly valid reason to hit a card if it's yep. not fun get rid of it yeah stri strip and stun is just i don't think a very fun way because as i mentioned in my uh bt7 rant about blue hybrids and when it was just like the oldie deck anyone played um they were an aggro deck that was also a control deck that was more controlling than any control deck um and just the idea that they could do everything they wanted to in a single package of one card um, that also helped their game plan. And stripping three sources for three memory is ridiculous. Because, um, like, every other source removal effect has not been that efficient and won't ever be that efficient, probably, as they learned their lesson. Hopefully. Um. So... Yep, yeah, that's our um, overview of what we think is going to get restricted, I guess. So, it's... Yeah, if they if they announce it by the 15th, then we'll be able to talk about it next week. Um, well, they, they did say the 15th, right? They they will be announcing it on the 15th? Uh, I'd have to pull up the Twitter post, but I know it's around that time, because that is the middle of the month. Mm -hmm. And they said in I think, mid-August. Okay. Like, I didn't know if I they ever the, threw a date at it. I didn't know they said, like, mid-August. I could swear I read mid-August, but, like, my mind just assumes, like, the actual middle of the month. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's usually going to be within that week. So, um, the BT9 metagame, I think, is at least developing healthily. You know, given that the... The interaction is a little bit lower than it has been, and I know that's frustrates some players. Um, I have seen some like Reddit posts about uh, people saying like, "Are we are we playing against each other? Or are we playing solitaire?" Because a lot of times, two OTK decks that refuse to raise, it it just turns into solitaire. Effectively, you're just passing who gets to play their turn, agnostic of the uh, ag agnostic of the opponent's turn. And then eventually and one then, of you wins the game. Oh, and you're just assessing security threats more than actual threat of the field. Mm -hmm. But um, 
from what I've been uh, reading up, some people still are enjoying the format quite a lot. Um, there's still a decent amount of people who are kind of undecided whether they like how they want to feel about this format. Um, I'm kind of in that undecided field. I think there's a lot of fun to be had still. Um, and I will uh, take it with my Pokemon approach of saying I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, do I think they could bring like bring it around? Yes. Uh, am I expecting that? Maybe. Uh, but I'm still um, figuring out what I even want to do in this format, and I'm leaning more towards Metal Guru at this point. Um, but uh, that's just because I have to functionally play the game differently than how I normally used to um, for, God, uh, formats at this point. So just this shift is personally hard on me. Um, I, I didn't want to... We don't need to talk too much about it, but something... Because I know you mentioned that um, the OTK formats, like, we're, we're less interactive and whatever, we're assessing security threats, but, but something that... I think it is failed to be mentioned sometimes usually is that it is not only is it less interactive, but it is still faster. We are winning on average. The games are lasting less time. They are ending quicker. Maybe, and maybe that's a result of control just not being there. But I think it is also just that like the level of safety that these OTK decks have where like you, like, you know, as you've experienced, you just, you raise swing, digivolve swing, digivolve swing, like what the hell like that's like the the five security has never felt like smaller than this format yeah because even comparing the damage output to imperial um imperial is not an otk deck uh spoiler and shocker i know um imperial's best usual play sits at three memory and then deals maybe three if it's lucky four uh, and if it's extremely lucky, five security. Um, usually you need more cards to deal more damage and ideally more memory. Um, but it's not; it, it's never had the ability to OTK somebody. Whereas a lot of these newer decks, literally off of one to two memory, out of raising can kill somebody. Mm. Uh, which is kind of crazy. Um so yeah. it's it's going to be really interesting to see not only how us as players adapt, but how um, the designers and um, just the state of the metagame on how we are actually playing and how the development goes. It's going to be real interesting to see where things go from this point forward. I think there's still like plenty of good ways for them to turn things around out of OTK format and out of OTK stuff. Like we saw with Crosshearts is just hyper aggro. So like, oh, if you just play faster than the OTK can uh, OTK you faster or play at that same level of pace, that's not OTK. Uh, that's something we see with Eximon. Oh, there is just ways that we could build defensive tools to out OTK. Like they have plenty of space to work with still. It's just how they're going to implement it and how players are going to stick to it is going to be the real question. Yeah, I, I, th I do think the one thing that we're going to see kind of moving forward is that that base level of your average deck to deck interaction i think the game has sped up maybe just irreparably so like um i know bigger picture 
um, like Magic, they they plan their formats based around average turn lengths, um, and we're just kind of we're edging towards that. Um, maybe not so like because I I I think Yu-Gi-Oh is at this point in the meme territory where you like you either oh Yu-Gi-Oh is <laughs> so bad. I I sat down and watched a game of Yu-Gi-Oh at a locals, and I'm just like. <laughs> what are you even doing? Like, what, yeah. what actually is going on here? Yeah, like uh, I, I, I couldn't even comprehend what they were attempting to do. I mean, um, I've I've been a little bit removed from Yu-Gi-Oh for a while, but um, uh, when bad. Duel Masters or not Duel Masters, the hell the the like the online simulator thing came out. Oh, um, Duel Links. Duel, yeah. When Duel Links came out again, I, I played it and I talked with some of my friends who have been playing Yu-Gi-Oh this whole time and their experiences and whatnot and then i played some myself and i i actually got some first-hand experience that i hadn't in maybe like 10 years but um my god like just the difference between going first or going second like if you're going second and you get a turn you've probably won the game <laughs> like Assu what? assuming their board isn't 100 percent. yeah it like, doesn't hasn't locked you out of the game yeah because that that's the other thing um but it's really interesting because I draw the comparison more so to Buddy Fight because, like, at the end of Buddy Fight's life, it literally turned into OTK format where almost every single one of the top decks had the insane amount of damage to just OTK the opponent. And I'm not saying we're quite there yet because, obviously, Buddy Fight ran out of design space, which is why they kind of just decided to axe the game um, when they did was because they just, they they literally gave up. It was still profitable, and they just gave up. Um, and I don't think Digimon is quite there yet. Uh, I think there's still just a lot of room for it to grow and change and move out of this. It's just how fast and what they're going to be doing on top of what players are going to be doing is the real question. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, that's all the time we have. I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode. And... We'll be back next week to talk more about BT9 and hopefully some ban restriction announcements. And if not, at least some pet decks. Yes. Goodbye.